Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, uh, the podcast that is a podcast. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, Scott's actually going to take the reins on this one, but he, I wasn't sure if he saw the countdown. So I just wanted to get the podcast started and then hand off the reins to, uh, you know, Lieutenant British Commander uh, Appleton, who is newly, newly confirmed as healthy. And we are all relieved to hear so. So, yes. Scott, t- yes, that's for you. I do not. I do not have the virus. I will. Uh, I will be taking the lead in this um, potentially abbreviated uh, version of the podcast, which we're doing mostly because uh, it's I don't know, it's been a while since we've done a podcast there's no real bills news to speak of uh mm-hmm. there's no and, and by to speak of you mean there's there's none really that's you know and trust me i'm on twitter and if there's something that could even be interpreted as news it will be there but it's just dead I mean, zone there's the anything big not- the yeah <laughs> sorry anyway yes but uh we will we will press on nonetheless with a podcast um, we will do this day in Bill's history in a minute. We will do the first four weeks of Wacky Schedule in a minute. But before that, um, we're going to goof off and enjoy these um, NFL memes or mems, depending on what you prefer. I prefer or, memes. Or memes. Or memes. As, as Bryce Harper said, memes. Um, <laughs> For, for those of you uh, who have not seen it go around, I, I find that surprising because it seems to have rocketed around the Internet. Um, but uh, the NFL Mems uh, community made uh, lady quarterbacks out of all the current NFL quarterbacks, or at least most of the current NFL quarterbacks. And they are. What's what are they in a word? Can everyone think of a word? I'm going to say. Ther- say ther- self- therapy inducing. I mean, that's a hyphenated word, but upsetting. Uh, but but could, may may I, I, I? Of course I can. Um, but uh, uh, they're upsetting. But I think that they're upsetting in a way that really make that really pushes me to wonder if it's if it's my problem or if it's the problem of the picture. You know, like I'm going. There's part of me that's definitely like this shouldn't be as upsetting to me as it is, and I, that probably speaks to me a bit more than. And it speaks to the nature of the pictures, but it, it, um, it is it, you don't know why you can't quite put your finger on it. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, I don't know. What about that? Jimmy Garoppolo as a female, like what about her? Uh, him, you know, not, like you don't even know how to talk about it because it's not a real right. thing. I mean, what's the what's the pronoun there? I don't even know what right. pronoun yeah. to use. I don't know. Let's, and then, well, but then also some of them are just horrific. And then it's kind of like, if I had a nightmare, this is what it would look like. Um, but it's just, there's a lot of different ways that we can take it. Yeah. there. I, I think that it's, it's good. It's, it's like any good art, it challenges the viewer and it, 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 it pushes them to, uh, to their own, uh, you know, pushes their own expectations and, 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 and norms. And I think in that way, it's kind of a good thing that said, it's incredibly upsetting um to see uh tom brady as a woman be kind of as attractive as he is i think he's right. still where where, where is, is josh allen looks kind of like uh melissa mccarthy playing sean spicer with hair that is like the best yeah, way i can i can to be fair to be fair the brady pick he is airbrushed in that picture that they they did some they did some work on him in addition to they took about ten years off and added the the hair and the the female features so yeah, the, Josh Allen is like is 
is it looks almost like um like he's a brunette Ellen with his like kind of suit jacket and and white shirt but no tie and like you know would proudly be open as part of the LGBT community um and I do not mean that as a, a slam I just mean like the the dress with the hair is kind of like like yep that that's what's going on there and it, I, he looks kind of great um then Derek Carr looks like the ghost of Kristen Stewart like th- like that's a terrible one if you look at that one like it's just like it's almost like they just photoshopped a picture on his head but like I don't know they, some, I, I think you're right some things are I better think than lady, others that's the thing yeah Lady Garoppolo yeah. is yeah Lady Garoppolo is probably the highlight I would, you know what? I, I again, I can't really even talk about this. I feel, I feel Mahomes. wrong, and I don't know why. Patrick Mahomes looks like. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, no, she's. I was gonna say, can we, can we all come up with a top three and then like a bottom one, like and again, like just well, even I th- saying. I think in in my opinion, Frank and you know, hit on two of the top three, which are Mahomes and Garot. The Super Bowl QBs are definitely two of the top three. In the my top three, yeah, and I think that like, I mean. I feel bad for saying this about Judy Greer, but I think that they're on the plus side of the Judy Greer scale. Like they are, they're they're yeah. they're, they're more than one whole Judy Greer. Um, yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I think Deshaun Watson looks like way too much like Jermaine Stewart, who sang "We Don't Have yeah. to Take Our Clothes Off" in the 1980s. Um, Justin Airbear from his Oregon very much is just. Jessica Biel. That's just that's just Jessica Biel. Right. Move on. Jared Goff is kind of Amy Schumerish. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues here. Josh does not make my top three. They did not do a particularly good job there. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, Garoppolo's in that top three. I honestly kind of like the the Rogers. Like that's a little bit. I mean, honestly, Deshaun yeah. Watson's sort of in there too. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it would be a tough call between three and four there. I think. Cam Cam looks kind of cool too. Yeah, I, I like how I like Cam looks good. And um, and Mahomes, who's the Buccaneers quarterback? I can't even. Is that James. is that James Winston? Yeah. See, like okay. to me, like that that's great because I have no clue who that is. Like, it, like it 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 takes me right out of the realm of. I have to look at that, and I still really can't see James Winston unless I pull up a James Winston picture and then look at them next to each other, and then I say, "There's James with James Winston." Uh, a little disappointed. There's no Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, but. You know. uh, yeah, would have been good. That I mean, been... I think I think at the bottom is Andrew Luck. I think there was just really. No I thought that was in the ballpark at least. I mean, some of those are like the the one with. Um... I'm putting Roethlisberger at the bottom for the record. That is a good, that's the thing. It's a good it's a good picture of Roethlisberger, and it just doesn't do anything for him. That's the thing. Right. I might put Daniel Jones if that's supposed to be Daniel Jones and not Eli Manning in my top three. Daniel Jones was in the ballpark. I remember. Uh, if I if I'm remembering that picture correctly, it's I'm scrolling for, through yeah. right now. So uh, I, I'm, is it is it um, the New oh, York Darnold Jones? was the worst. Darnold was the worst. That yeah, was like, just like, a bad yeah. picture and a, not a it was a poor yeah. effort. Yeah. But, I, okay. So we're, well, let's agree that Darnold is 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 the worst. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and, Daniel Jones was in the ballpark. And does nothing for like it's a bad badly done it seems, and it also does nothing for him. You know. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, okay. this was a, Matthew this was Stafford a, is the girl you're comfortable talking to at the bar. <laughs> I think I look at her and be like, yeah, we're going to have a good conversation right now. I'm no longer comfortable talking to any. Mitchell Trubisky looks a little like she shouldn't be at this bar, but you're not sure. 
Like she's maybe eight, like she's maybe eighteen with a fake ID. I don't know. <laughs> Drew Brees is definitely. I mean, he kind of looks like the girl at Christian camp, and she's just really like very yeah. much into God and not really paying attention to anything that you're saying, which is good. That's fine. Um, yeah, these are all. All right. So anyway, everyone enjoy that. Uh, that was. I'll tell you this: if I didn't watch football, there was a, there was a handful of people here. You could just tell me like, this is this woman is in the front office and does a certain job, and I'd be like, oh okay. Yeah. No. It's some of them are 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 quite good, and and again, I think that speaks to. I mean, I suppose there's a bigger commentary here about how it is that quarterbacks get selected, and put into those roles where they are leaders in the sense that like you know the, the 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 old standard that you know the president you know for so many years once television started was always the guy who was taller because that was the, the the leader the the person that people assumed to be the leader and i think in some ways that you know an attractive person there are certain things that are more attractive than others having a you know kind of symmetrical face you know having mm-hmm. cheekbones and those kind of things like it behooves those are attractive on men and females and that is generally considered an attractive trait so people are going to be more likely to put them into positions where they are leaders because they are perceived as attractive, even in the not like a weird sexual sense, just in a kind of natural leader. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Tom Brady's the guy he's look at him. I mean, he's, he's all American, whatever. And then, so then therefore it doesn't take that much longer to just put the hair on and do a little, do a little fuzzing of the features and you're, you're there with a female. So I think that's me attempting to explain why this is working for me. So. The point is that attractiveness and gender are probably a lot more fluid than any of us have ever considered before. And there you go. There you go. There you go. All right. We're moving on. Everyone just, you know, that's how this podcast became a a thruple. Um, Paul, are you you ready for this day in Bill's history? Do you have any closing remarks on these or do you want to just... I, again, I, I can't. I have some closing remarks. I'll save them for my psychiatrist, um, <laughs> and you know we'll, we'll move on. So, yeah, let's jump into to this day in in Bill's headlines. This is uh, you know this is gonna be a nice uh, breezy podcast. So, yeah. we, this is uh, June twenty first. There is a siren, of course, that is alerting us to the <laughs> beginning of the time. Let's yep. start. So we will uh, start as soon as that. Oh, it's an ambulance and it's turning left and we are in the clear now. Okay, June 21st of 2019. How Blank gave up everything for his NFL dream. Mm. I reached a stage in my career where I felt like I kind of reached a point where it was just time for me to explore other options, Blank said. I was looking at going abroad in the Southern Hemisphere or throughout Europe, but the opportunity with the NFL, I couldn't let go. Christian Wade. Christian Wade, yes. A local for you, Scott, now. Absolutely. Um, Oh, come on, sirens. What the hell? Like, literally, now I know how Odysseus feels with the sirens. Um, All right. 2019, also, I'm going to throw this one in there. Uh, blank knows he needs to show more urgency in second year with bills. You can say that about almost any rookie offensive coordinator. Brian Dable said that's usually a common statement from these guys, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is a player who was cut, uh, right at the end of spring, spring training. Let me try that again. Training camp. 
He landed on another team's active roster, but then they cut him, and he ended the season on the Bills practice squad. Mm. There could be more hints, but those those are good. Dable talks about him. Cut, went to another team. They cut him. Bills I'm, practice squad. Frank, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a wide receiver, but maybe mm. I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that's a, I think pursuing that line of thinking may be productive. Okay. Who, then I'm going to say Robert Foster. Nope, nope. No, he, he was with the team all last year. He was with the team. There's another guy that I confuse with Robert Foster. It's probably uh, oh, is, it, is it um, is it the white dude? Not a white dude. No. Um, it's a guy who I would say he has zero chance of making the, the roster this year. So not a Robert Foster guy who at least has some chance, not a Duke Williams guy who has, who could get that last spot. He is a Bill's draft pick. Is it, it's not Austin Prohl, is it? It is not. No, but same, he was drafted the same draft as Prohl. And I think he was the round before or after Prohl. I can't remember. Well, Prohl was like the seventh rounder. Right, so he must have been the round before. So this guy must have been a sixth rounder, and I will uh, verify that. He was drafted. eh, He's 23 years old, drafted out of Clemson, round six, pick 187, 2018. Why do I not remember? Still on the roster. Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod, there you go. Forgot that he was a – I forgot that – uh, oh, the Clan McLeod, of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this will be. I can't offer many hints for this one without giving it away. So this will be, you know, explore the brain cells. 2017, Bills blank makes top 10 of NFL's 20 most hated players. 20 most hated players, and we have a player that was in the top 10. Yes. If you know. Is it Terrell Owens? Would that be cheating? Uh, no, not not T.O. Um, okay. 2017, so we're a little bit past Owens. It's an I active. Sure. It was a 2017 okay. active yes. NFL player who is today an active NFL player, but not. With I the thought. Okay, I thought maybe that like the yeah, list of the 20 most hated players came out in 2017, and it could include. Right. Like oh yeah, that would that would make sense. Okay, so 2017. Uh, oh, uh, incognito. Incognito. I there knew I was, I was struggling to try and come up with hints that wouldn't give it away because the entire sub headline was about Jonathan Martin. I'm like, this will give it away immediately. So, yeah. Good job, Scott. All right. 2016, at right tackle for Bills, it looks like blank's job to lose. The quote says, uh, offensive line coach Aaron Cromer says, right now it's a case where Sean Trell's sick and blank has started at Chicago for me and started for us this year. He's doing a solid job. He understands what to do and how to do it. Uh, we know it's not Sean Trell Henderson. Mm-hmm. This is going to bother me because this was not that long ago. And I remember. Read the read the quote again. <clears throat> Aaron Cromer. Uh, who said this right now it's a case where Chantrell's sick and blank has started at Chicago for me and started for us this year. He's doing a solid job. He understands what to do and how to do it. He ended up, let me see if I can get his, he's played four seasons with Buffalo at right tackle. 
He in 2016, 17, and 18, he started every single game at right tackle for the Bills those three seasons. Oh Do I even watch this team? And I can't tell you who the right tackle for starting. <laughs> Last year he protected uh, Kyler Murray, but he only started two games. Played in three. Why can't I do this? Why can't yeah, I do this? This is terrible because I want like <laughs> there's like there's like other right tackles that are going through my name, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna stay them. It's not Brad Butler and it's not Mike Gandy. Right. Uh, are well after that. It's not Craig. Well it's not. This, this is, I'm not even I'm not even gonna make fun of you guys. This just goes to how bad the Bills' offensive line was for. I guess. I guess, but I mean, if the guy started three three seasons, we we should we, know his we, name. We would have yelled at him at various points. Yes. Saying you idiot. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I don't, I'm trying to remember like the line of like three. Okay, so this was the line with. Um, I'm gonna so, say it's because we we are so early with, like it's way Mayfield. early in the podcast for this, so that's what the problem is. Right. Yeah, I, think, I think of it. It's a helpful hint. He and another lineman who played for the Bills during the exact same time have these same initials and were very easy to confuse because they were both me- mediocre offensive linemen with the exact same initials. In fact, their last names start with the same first four letters. All right. So first, the design help. Oh, so the other lineman who I can't remember on this line clearly. So right. uh, let me let me just put this. It helps if I can. You, the the brain works in a series of networks. So you have to start putting the things together. I'm just gonna so Google shitty bills lineman. Oh, that's, 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 this is going to be like page three well, of that. Gonna take 10, I mean, this was a bad 10. lineman, but he's not that bad. Cody he's Ford was the first name that came <laughs> up. Um, okay. So that would have been, who is the quarterback? Is it Tyrod? It was Tyrod in 16 and 17, and he would have protected Josh in 2018. And he would have okay. probably protected Nate Peterman in there somewhere. So it would have been Cordy on the other side. Cordy Glenn. Cordy or, or Dion, possibly, depending on Dion, Dion Dawkins. later on, but Cordy in that. Uh, and and so Dion that. Dawkins. And, and Derek, Eric Wood would have been the center. Eric Woods. And then. We already talked about Incognito. Urbic and Groy, or Incognito. Yep. Well, Groy would have been the, Is it a double D? Is it a double D? Is that what we're supposed it to do? It is be? not a double D, no. Okay. This is great because, you know, the nice thing about doing this segment early is I don't feel like, oh, my God, hurry up. We're going to hit the hour mark any second. It was Corey Glenbach. (laughs) (laughs) Think of one of the greatest basketball players of all time, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. Jordan Chamberlain Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) You've Um, said the name. (sighs) Jordan Chamberlain. (laughs) <laughs> not the full uh, name you've said part of the name fudge he's oh not he's not oh my i gotta give it away he's not john miller oh uh so john miller would have been the right guard and then um jordan mills jordan mills <laughs> jordan God. mills wow Lord. that was yeah, uh but he wasn't good and he was forgettable I'm not he surprised. was forgettable. Oh. He, had, he did start 48 
games. You started 48 games? All right. Yep, but you started all 16 games at right tackle three straight years and five in 2015. (laughs) If anyone knew Jordan Mills, they would have hung up the podcast. They would have been like two minutes ago. They would have just, (laughs) yeah, I don't care. It's like done. All right, 2012. We'll get the, the, this will be a good rebound, I hope. All right. Chris Valerio. Yes, moving on. Uh, Blank tries to tighten grip a number two wideout job. Says he does a great job for us because he can do so many different things, whether it be in the blocking game, whether it be on special teams. He's just a football player, says fellow receiver David Nelson. What's that? Not catching. Uh, Not not one of the things that came up in the list of things that this guy can do. Right. He was not good at, not particularly good at that. He didn't play with the team uh, that many seasons. So 2012, trying to get to the number two wide receiver job. Um, So the number one would have been Stevie. Mm Mm-hmm. And the number two, let's see. So Stevie was, it was like David Nelson. It's Stevie, you know, David Nelson's on the roster as we've established. And it was, that was the era of everybody has a normal name. And it yep. was Dave. And this Wasn't is, a, a, yeah, this is a normal, normal name guy. Can't get much. In fact, I tried to Google his name and mistakenly Googled the wrong name because it's so common. He started. <laughs> Uh, in 20, he played in 2010 and 2011 for the Bills. He started 10 games and played in 12 in 2012. Finished his Bills career with 82 catches for 887 yards and six touchdowns. Wasn't he never played again Friday. after the Bills let him go. Never played in the NFL again after the Bills let him go. Wasn't fast Freddy. It was Jonathan. John Smith. Did we have a John Smith? We did, but that was Fast Freddy, John. That was Freddy. Fast Freddy, right. Um, <clears throat> War number David 19, Nelson. if the number helps. Played college Is ball a, at famous Youngstown State. Was there a Don somebody? Mm, Donald yeah. Jones. Donald, Donald Jones. Jones, all right. So, yes. well, done. well done. I got there. I got one, guys. He's <laughs> on the board. Put him on the board. It's been a month. Okay. All right. <laughs> this one... This this next one I'm confident you will you would not get, but I've I've queued up some hints that I would think will be helpful to both of you. Okay. So 2005, veteran QB blank understands role. So this is a guy who spent 14 seasons the NFL, but he only played in six of those seasons. So his uh, Bills career he went two for three with the Bills in 2004, including a 33. Yard pass to a uh, touchdown pass to Lee Evans that ended up being the last pass of his NFL career. He made the Bills roster in 05, but didn't play, and he retired after the 2006 season while on the Dolphins roster. So we'll get both of your brains going. Here's Scott's hint. This is an undrafted uh, player out of Florida in 1993, won the SEC title in 91, SEC Player of the Year in 1990 and 91, and second-team All-American in 92. Was and for Florida? Frank, this was yeah, Florida. And Frank, this was Rick Grimes' best friend, uh, who he kills early in The Walking Dead. Uh, and it's the surname of the superheroine and main character of the comic book series Fathom. Oh, Fathom was um, Fathom was was one of those porny comic books that was drawn by um, the image artist. What was his name? 
I never read Fathom. I was like literally just not allowed to buy that comic book. Um, but I remember her. She was like a mermaid with like super water boobs. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I googled it just now, and mermaid with super water boobs is probably an apt description. Yeah. No. She. I, I'm trying to think of the artist because I'm. He was like. Yeah, the artist Michael was Turner. a guy named Michael Turner. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Turner was like that was like Michael Turner's move was to like to like draw that. Like he was like Gen 13 and Aphrodite 9 and Witchblade and all that shit. Um, I think he did a lot of the Tomb Raiders, but that's not what you asked me. Yeah. You asked me about <laughs> Fathom, and you asked me about and I uh, first part backup was... quarterback in 05. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, um, in 04, he got some playing time. He literally got those three passes. He was playing behind Bledsoe and JP. And then in 2005, he was behind Bledsoe, or he was behind Holcomb and Lossman and never got to play. I was going to yeah. guess Holcomb, but obviously that's not right. Right. Yeah. Holcomb actually had a lot more playing time in the NFL. This guy, like I said, 14 seasons in the league, so he had last in power, but he only actually played in six of those seasons because he was usually not only a backup, he was usually a number three guy. Though he did get a lot of starts with Washington and Chicago, I believe, if memory serves. A lot being a relative term. My uh, my my college football is is better closer. I was not a big college football fan in the '90s, so I was not. So that one doesn't help. So I we Rick, said. Go ahead. Rick Grimes' friend is Shane, right? Shane. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shane, Shane Matthews. Matthews. Shane Matthews. Yeah. All right, good job. You tag teamed and got that one. Well done. Oh. Superheroine was Aspen Matthews, Frank, in case Aspen you're wondering. Matthews. Okay, yeah, well, I'm sure I'll go back and read. No, I won't. No. <laughs> you're growing up now. You can do that, Frank. Uh, 2000. My, my daughter's uh, going to come in and watch. She'll ask me why, why I'm reading that. <laughs> They'll be like, is this how you think women should be portrayed, Daddy? Yeah, it's, it's yes. going to be awkward. Yes, I do. And then show them the NFL quarter. Show them the NFL quarterback uh, is what it means too. Yeah. 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 All right. 2000. Buffalo Bills signed draft pick blank. A native of Norway, blank 25, went to the Texas El Paso on a track and field scholarship as a shot putter and never played football before college. Um, says he played. Uh, 10 games at UTEP and one of the strongest players in college football. He set the NFL combine record by bench pressing 225 pounds, 45 times, which is approximately 100 more pounds and 35 more times than my personal best. Uh, so yeah, he was a bill six round pick in 2000. He played 16 games between 2000 and 2001 started five, a defensive tackle for the three and 13, 2001 team. He had two career sacks, forced fumble, and 16 solo tackles. As I've said about the 3-13 and 13 team, that was early in my college life. <laughs> I, you were not following. You, you, missed a, you missed a good that season was, to miss. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was focused on other things. Um, I, do I, have, I do have a hint since I, do, I think you guys will struggle with this one. Yeah, um, this is, let me make sure I've got the actors right in this, or else I'm just going to totally blow it. So, yeah, the first name is the name of a Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy movie. And his last name, I'll just give you one hint, Captain Marvel. Which Captain Marvel? Billy Bass? Well, you see, I don't want to give too much away. Could be the character name, could be the name of the person portraying the character. You know, first name, last name. Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. So Larson makes more sense. That's like a Norwegian name. Larson is the name, yep. Eric Larson? 
Eric Larson was a comic book artist and writer. Um, Think of a Mark Lawrence Eddie Murphy movie. It was from 1999. It was very underrated comedy directed. It was comedy drama directed by Ted Demi. What is a comedy yeah. drama, Paul? Um, there's a lot of funny moments, but they are in prison, so it's kind of serious, too. Because they're wrongfully convicted. Wait, was that Life? Life. Life Larson. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Spelled it yeah. leaf, L-E-I-F, but it is pronounced life, as this article made sure to point out to me. Fascinating. All right. All right, Here's three a- to go. One is going to be a quick throwaway one. The other two will be a little longer. 1997. <laughs> the throwaway one you will get immediately. Okay, uh, I, let's hope so. Yes, 97. The Buffalo Bills solidified their offensive line by signing left tackle blank to a five-year contract. This guy has been an answer on... On several occasions, so I don't want to give the same hint I always give. Uh, Super Bowl era left tackle played for the Bills for 10 seasons. It's not John Fina. It is John Fina. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry. I talked over it because I don't (laughs) shut up. All right. Uh, Here's the throwaway one. 1994. Blank enters plea of not guilty. June 21st, 1990. O.J. Simpson. OJ Simpson. All right. And cl- go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. All right. Closing out this day in Bill's headlines, 1990. Blank hires new agent wants $1 million a year. Unbelievable that a player would get that kind of money. Um, so here's a hint. I couldn't tell if he, uh, first of all, I couldn't tell if he was able to get that in 1990. But in 1993, the Los Angeles Rams offered him a blockbuster deal, a, and that's what the article says, three years, $5.4 million, so he got like $1.8 million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was enough to pry Blank from his Western New York roots and ended his tenure in Buffalo, where he's one of the best players during the Bills' rise to prominence and AFC glory. Well, who went to the – it was the L.A. Rams at the time? It was the L.A. Rams at the time. Right, so it's not it's – not... He did, he, he did play there one year when it was the St. Louis Rams. He only played okay. three. He filled his contract with the Rams, and then his career ended. And then he um, was done. AP NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 1987 and a three-time All-Pro in 87, 88, and 90. Inducted okay, the College it? Football Hall of Fame in 2014. Okay, so I would say it's going to be... It's got to be somebody like Bennett, Tally, Conlin... I would guess it's one of those three. I can't. All right, think. all right. Well, we'll say we'll say it is one of those three, and you each get to guess one of them. You can guess the same one if you prefer. Uh, I'll <sighs> say Con. All right, uh, Frank. No, I think it's I think it's Tally. It is Shane Conlin. So oh, so Conlin. Scott gets that, but the assist to Frank, who actually brought up who who was the one who brought up the name. Down to the three, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. About that without remembering, yeah. Well, I just remembered like all the guys I would have remember. I like I thought of all the guys I knew where they went, and then I'm like, actually, what happened to blah 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 blah. Tally went somewhere else. He went to Atlanta. He went to Atlanta. Yeah, that's why I yeah. seem to remember Tally going. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that was uh, we are a little over 30 minutes into this podcast, and not even maybe, and that is uh, the stay in Bill's headlines for June 21st. All right. All right. Uh, that leaves me to lead us into wacky schedule for those of you who have been with the podcast for many years frank was there anything that i needed to do 
No, no, that's it. There's no news. Go for it. All right. So uh, for those of you who've been with the podcast for many years, for those of you who are just joining us the first time, this has been a long-running uh, thing where we've got the schedule, but we don't really know what the teams are going to look like because we haven't even been through training camp in many respects. Obviously, this season we know even less about what's going to happen this season, including when or if these games will be played. So uh, what we do is we put the names, uh, we put the, the teams up on the, the big board, the schedule, and we uh, think of interesting ways to to uh, to play the games out uh, in, a, in a game we call Wacky Schedule. We'll do four weeks at a time. This week we will start with the first four weeks of the season. Uh, we will come back to week one because I think that'll be the closest we get to actual sports talk uh, in this uh, really insane podcast that we're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this day in Bill's headlines is is that, but it is obviously a, a bit different than current sports. So we'll go straight to week two, which is a home game, the home opener uh, versus the Miami Dolphins, which in this version of Wacky Schedule will not be held uh, in Orchard Park. It will be held on an old, old wooden ship. Uh, you did skip game uh, one against the Jets, by the way, but I know I did. We're coming. Well, that's back right, because the- you just explained why. Never mind. I'm going to shut up and let you do this. Yeah. Your segment. <laughs> coming back to the Jets game. We're going to start week two, home versus the Dolphins, old, old wooden ship. So this is, think of a uh, ship of the line, a Spanish galleon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, I'm going to call it at 35 yards long by 15 yards wide. That's a little bit bigger than your standard Spanish galleon. So it'd be a, a slightly larger one than, than you'd, than you'd see. Um, and, and then that, those last five yards on either side would really be, you know, you'd have the, uh, the, you know, the quarter deck, um, up on the back, I think, and then you'd probably have something on the front. Uh, I forget what it is, but it'd be a little higher up. So you wouldn't have that full space to play with. So the field would really be about probably 25 or 30 yards long, mm-hmm. be about 15 yards wide, so much more compact. Uh, it would obviously be filled with drunken Spaniards. So that would be one thing that would complicate things. Uh, it would have, it would have uh, at least three masts in the middle mm-hmm. so that would be that would be complicated you would have the rigging that would be available i'm just going to put that in play rigging is in play okay the rigging is in play and then you're also going to have that i don't know what you call it it's like the trap door thing in the middle of the boat where you used to like talk you down to the people into the holes. yeah that's right yeah that thing that thing's still there so you got to watch out for that thing you got to navigate when you're when you're running your plays here um other than that, completely standard football game. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go ahead and start with uh, Paul's gonna be our lucky sure. lucky victim to talk us through who wins this Bills Dolphins game. Yeah, now on the wooden ship. I, I feel you've you've explained the ship beautifully. Just a couple quick follow up questions. So 35 yards by 15 yards. The end zone size in this is it a, are they 10 yard end zones is it- no it's gonna they're gonna be like i'm gonna call it like three or four yard end zones max really all right ah. so i think we can pretty much rule out the fades uh no no fade pattern touchdowns in this game but no, well no. unless you throw it from your own goal line you could probably throw it. yeah yeah i mean the passing game is going to be a lot of you're, yeah you're not going to have a lot of uh you don't need to air it out josh allen's arm is not going to help him here kind of neutralized the boat will also be at sea in right. case that was so maybe great. yeah all right well maybe that'll maybe like the you'll be able to throw it on a rope here but right that's true. literally that's there's true. some rope yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i might have missed this when you were going through the list of features of this boat but is there in fact a plank like a pirate ship would have 
Uh, it could be deployed. I don't. It could think be it's deployed. In- so it, there is one there, but it's it's for purposes retracted. of the game. It's retracted. Okay. All yeah. Right. So I mean, it, it could be. Well, yeah, it's sunny out, so there's no. We can just have it all retracted, right? Right. Kind of like a roof, you know. Sorry. Um, I will. I won't lie. My biggest concern about this game is the splinters. Uh, I think whichever team can avoid splint. I mean, we're talking about is is you know you mentioned old old ship. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of splintering wood. You probably shouldn't be wearing cleats. That's just gonna make things worse for you. Yeah. Um, but you can't wear socks because you're going to get, you know, holes from, you have to avoid the splinters because that can lead to very fast infection. I would guess you have to watch out for nails. Um, this is going to be just truly a battle of, of attrition, a game of survival. And I, this is, this is tough for me to do. I'm going to have to go with the, the dolphins in this game. Uh, and I think they are used to playing, you know, they're playing on a coast already. So playing on a boat's not too big a transition and is an older, is an older team. I think the bills are more susceptible to some of the health issues, you know, breathing in some of that old sawdust. I I just worry about the health issues the bills could face where the dolphins have a, a younger team. So I'm going to say, doesn't matter how good the running game is, you know, for either team or the offensive linemen. I think it's going to come to a matter of, you know, who's going to get tired of whose knees are going to collapse under the strain of, of, you know, walking on, on these boards all the time. So I'm going to say it's going to be close. I think the bills will be ahead early, but I think eventually the Dolphins youth wins out and it ends up being, let's say, uh, you know what? I don't even know if they're a goalpost and it's too late to ask. Uh, so I'll just say, yeah. uh, I'll just say all touchdowns, no extra points, 18 to 12 Dolphins. All right. I'm gonna. I, so Paul calls it a uh, a battle of survival. The Bills, as it often was in the mm-hmm. Spanish Main, a battle of survival on those ships. Um, and I'm gonna go and uh, and and the Bills battling scurvy lose 18 to 12. Uh, Frank, over to you. <laughs> yeah, I think seasickness is also something that you really gotta kind of take a look at. Uh, you know, obviously as the game goes on, a lot of vomiting likely. Um, so oh. thanks for the the setup there. I, you know. Um, right from the opening concert, it's going to be about who knows, uh, starboard and bow, you know, like, you know, you, you take the ball, but then you've got to say which field you're defending. And I feel like there could be slip ups just in the technical language straight away. This is a, this is a good, this is a good matchup, uh, for the ocean. Um, I think that the temptation is to say the dolphins will flounder on the actual deck of the boat, oh. even though you're at sea, you know, like they probably wouldn't survive well, but they are in fact human beings. So I think that that probably won't happen. Um, I disagree with Paul. I think you're going to see more field goals because I think it's so crunched, right? So you're going to, you're going to stack the box first of all, because you have no choice. There's just like, not enough room to spread out and play, you know, not, not even the passing offense, like the defense literally will just be in the box. So I think you're going to see a lot of three and outs and field goal kicks. And I think that it will just become a drinking game is what will happen. The kickers will be on the sidelines. The drunken Spaniards will start liquoring them up and they will basically be sent out after a shot. It will, they'll have to go back out and kick a field goal. And I think that ultimately in that you'll get a safety or two from when they get really drunk and they 
Fox to pick and the ball bounces back. And I think so you'll see a couple of safeties. And I think you'll get to about um I think you'll you'll see twenty three twenty one will be the final score, all on field goals. Wow. And I think I would I think I would yeah. say that the Bills kickers will be able to hold their liquor steadier. By the end, it'll be a, a complete nightmare. The ball will be going sideways. If, like once the, the boat starts, you know, hopefully like the kicker will be drunk in exactly the same way the ship is moving back and forth. So like they'll they'll be able to aim for the field goals better. But I really don't see touchdowns. I think it'll end up being a, a drinking game of field goal kicking. And I say 23-21 Bills. Okay, good answers. I like these answers. Uh, these answers are, of course, wrong, and I know the right yeah. answers. The right answer is 14-10 Bills, and the, the the answer to this question of how the Bills win this game is just as simple as contact balance and who has the best contact balance because balance is going to be key on the rocking ship. you got to be able to kind of have that in there in addition to being able to hit by the other guys. Who do the Bills have? Devin Singletary. Lock it up. 14-10 Bills. Put it in the bank. All right. So we are moving on to at the Los Angeles Rams. In this game, there will be no odd stadiums, uh, no weird rules. Traditional game of American mm-hmm. professional football with NFL rules, except with one in, one slight change. All of the players on both teams unexpectedly – about three days before the game, come down with hand giganticism. So their hands become three times the size of normal hands. And that poses complications for the playing of the game. But it is still the Bills versus the Rams. It is still a football game. And so in this game, I'm going to start with Frank. Frank, who wins the mega hands version of Bills versus Rams in 2020? This is a great question. And I really just want to thank you, first of all, for asking it. Um, I have one follow-up question. The, sure. the gigantic hands, is, mm-hmm. it, is it swelling? Like, is it painful? Is there like a blood flow no. issue? Or are we assuming no. that somehow it is three yeah. times the size of a normal hand, but otherwise everything is okay. They're able to lift their arms. Yes. Back yes. Back. Okay. Yes. All right, so I will. I, I guess part of me was like, "Geez, like we could we could have like a real episode here where like people like by the end can't lift up their arms." Yeah, and like, right. right. A lot of wrist injuries here. A lot of carpal tunnel potential right. stuff here. It, yeah, we could take it down that road, but where's the fun in that? Like everyone's got big <laughs> Mickey hands. Deal with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, if we're playing NFL Blitz and that's the cheat code you punched in, that's all I wanted to know. I just that's wanted to make sure you know yeah. it wasn't yeah. like you know we were looking for realism. Um, yeah, I think that this is, this is definitely advantage bills. Um, first of all, the, the, uh, I think that right now the bills have the best wide receiving core in it. I think they have a better wide receiving core than the Rams. I do. Um, I think that Josh Allen is a perfectly good quarterback for this. And I think you had Stefan Diggs. And I think the only thing that makes the wide receiving core better is if they had, hands three times the size that they are now um assuming the football scene this stays the same size and assuming josh allen gets a little bit of practice throwing the ball 
I think catching the ball is going to be easier. The catch radius is going to be much easier. Um, now, granted, of course, like the defensive backs and stuff would also have these hands, but I think it's going to be hard to swat things away with a big hand because you're going to have a lot of wind resistance. If you're just looking to whip that hand up, oh, it, it does, you know, whatever you want to say, Scott, it takes a little more energy to do that. Okay. You know, if you're right. picking your, your hands up to catch and just close around, that's easier than trying to fight the, the air molecules um, by pushing down. So I think it advantage, it, I think it presents an advantage to the passing games. And I think in that regard, I trust Josh Allen to put in the work, hashtag process. I think this clearly advantages the Bills. Um, and what happens is the Bills win this one going away. I think that this is 49 to 20. I think the mm-hmm. Bills just absolutely open up. They pad some of these passing stats. Um, and and, it, and it, it's really, it turns out really good for the Bills. All right, Paul. Paul, uh, Paul Frank, Frank's yep. got the runaway. With the scattershot arm, Josh Allen suddenly suddenly becomes a lot more accurate with the uh, giant hands. Right, oh, it's 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 certainly plausible. There's so much to consider with this guy. I think one danger for both teams is you are talking about uh, men who just a few days earlier had their hands grow three times in size. So there is the danger uh, <laughs> that suddenly everyone's just going to start masturbating on the field. That is there. Um, and you hope that can be avoided for so, so many reasons. Um, thinking about the actual game of football, I think it's going to be a tough, it's going to be an offensive lineman's dream type of game because, man, is, is Frank adroitly, adeptly, adroitly, is Frank correctly pointed out, swatting, swatting is going to be tougher. So, you know, those swim moves the defensive linemen like aren't going to be as easy to do. And the offensive linemen are just going to prop up their hands and be like, all right, we're just going to stick these up and you're not going anywhere. And I think this will give uh, the Bills offensive line and more of an advantage than the Rams, you know, okay-ish offensive line as well. Uh, I think there's going to, I was debating more or less fumbles, but I think this is going to help people like Devin Singletary, whose one weakness was mm-hmm. the fumbling. I don't necessarily see the passing attack being a huge, is as big a thing as, as Frank will. And so I think it, the points won't be as easy to come by, but I agree with Frank's general premise on this game uh, with the giant handedness, but I think it's going to be more, let's give it to Singletary because even if he wants to fumble, even if he tries, this will probably be tough for him with these giant hands uh, around this football. So I'm going to say the bills more of a running uh game ball control i'm gonna say 27 to 3 bills in this one mm. wow 27 to 3 so still a bills runaway just not not right not an offensive runaway more of a defensive runaway if you will okay. yeah okay. so the, the, the challenging thing for me on this one was frank's correct in terms of your big hands improving your catch radius but let's think about this what kind of lanes are the quarterbacks throwing here now because mm. as paul says the yeah. offensive linemen are going to be, they're going to, I mean, the holdings are going to be flowing fast and free if <laughs> our refs are looking at all. In fact, in some ways, it might be harder to get away with holding because the hands are so big. That's true. But in some ways, you won't need to do it as much because the hands will be so big. Um, but as a result, I feel like a lot of defensive linemen are going to put their hands in the air and then. They wave them like they just don't care. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. He's a lot of trees throwing through now josh allen can get around some of those he's a big guy got the overhand delivery so i i still think i think that'll be okay um i think the bills are a better team 
just uh, top to bottom than the Rams right now, even with mm-hmm. this game being in uh, Los Angeles, which is correct. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a closer game, but I do say the Bills still win. So I'm going to put it at 24, Bills 24, Rams 20. Um, no impact to the kicking game, as far as I can tell. Maybe the holding is probably easier or more difficult. Maybe there's, I guess. I don't know. I think you got to probably, well, think about it. If you hold it with like your closest finger to the kicker, then the kicker has to like go. There's like a whole big hand you got to clear. But if you, if you have it held with your pinky, right. The other way, well, now the legs got to clear the whole way. So I think you're talking like, you got to like, like the kicker, the holder probably has to step further back and put like the edge of his finger out and hope that it's like enough. I think at that point you're doing drop kicks. I think you're just like, everything is a drop kick, which by the way, with three times the hand, who knows how that's going to go? I, I mean, you would think it would do better, but yeah, you never really know. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll still stick with Bills 24, okay. uh, Rams 20. And then we'll move on to uh, week four. Again, we're coming back to the Jets game. So this is the home game versus the Raiders. And this is uh, this is not a football game at all. They've called it off. At this point, it will just strictly be Josh Allen versus uh, the Undertaker, Derek Carr. In the in the MMA oh. ring, not in the wrestling oh. ring. It's just that Derek Carr kind of oh. looks like the Undertaker, so I kind of had to put it there. I mean, oh. would you? I mean, I feel like both of you would rather do the wrestling. Is that? Is that yeah, fair? but I think you should right. probably make it up. I think that would be. I don't know. I think that would be too comfortable for us. I, I'm 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 happy with you pushing us to try and make this an MMA. Right. And, and, and we've got 12 more weeks of the season after today to go through still, so wrestling can be a future one. If you know, okay. Frank and I certainly won't object. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I think we have done wrestling ones in the past. I feel like we have done like a money in the bank one at some point, or there was a cage match, I think at some point too. Okay. So I I remember in the history of, of a wacky schedule, but I do keep, I do keep spreadsheets. So I will go through and and check those out. I was going to say, we can go to the archives and yeah, we'll we'll say that. Maybe we'll save that for next week. But Paul, we'll go to you first. And this is the again, this is the Derek Carr versus Josh Allen uh, MMA match in the octagon. Uh, And and we'll say this is in in fact uh, the Bills at at home hosting the Raiders, despite the 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 natural choice being Las Vegas for the uh, for the Raiders. But uh, it's a home game. What are you going to do? Right. All right. I'm sorry, Paul. Paul, Before you go, I feel like it's really important because I looked up both of their heights and weights um, and Josh Allen's hand sizes, hand sizes in there at 10 and one eighth inch, which I just would like to point out would be a 30, 30 and three eighths inch hand in the previous game. So nearly a three foot long hand. Just, just, so, so. all right. That, that hand goes from like my waist to my feet and I'm not exactly a short guy. That's uh, yeah, that's a little crazy. Um, I'll also, before I dive into it, uh, the season finale against the Jets last year, that was a hell in a cell with wrestling refs. That's so cell. We, we have done we have done wrestling oriented before. That's right, because because Scott was Scott was confused that there was no opening to climb out of. He had called it a cage when we're like, no, 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 if there's a top, then it's a hell in a cell. And, yes. you know, we, that's, I think, what kicked off a lot of like the wrestling nonsense on this podcast. Yes. But yes. So I, I was going to do a tail of the tape too, but I just have their heights and weights. So you have Derek Carr, 6'3", 210. 
Uh, Josh Allen, 6'5", 237. No, no hand size applicability in this one necessarily because uh, mm -hmm. their hands are, all, are both a normal size. So... Oh, this! I, I tried to do some deep research on Derek Carr to learn a little bit more about what makes him tick. I know he's got Bible verses tattooed on his wrist. That seems very MMA, MMA on brand. Um, so I think he has that advantage there. I think uh, Josh Allen, though, is kind of a crazy man. He will randomly try and hurdle people. Uh, he will do insane things, as we saw in the Texans playoff game, where he reverted to all of his bad habits. Um, but all of that goes to an extreme effort of competitiveness uh, to win. Uh, do you, you know, the thing about MMA is, you know, whoever can do a better arm bar is going to to win this one. But I don't know. Look at look at the way Josh can use his his legs. I mentioned the hurdling people. You know, if he tries to hurdle car and kicks him in the face, uh, this could be a very quick finish. This is such a good. <laughs> uh matchup we've got you know with two bigger guys like this i'm trying to think of what's it is in buffalo i don't know how much of a home uh home octagon advantage there is uh in the mma if it's your if it's your home place um but i'm gonna go pure pure size on this and because of of allen's you know he's got the two inches he's got the 27 pounds Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think Carr is going to be able to compete at at, at that level with Josh. Um, and I will say, I realized I know, right now at this moment, I realized I know nothing about MMA scoring. So I'm going to say Josh Allen wins this one by technical knockout in the second round, if that's a thing. And therefore <laughs> the Bills win, I guess, by logic. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay. There is so, a, Brian, there is an there is an MMA fighter named Josh Allen from the UK. It looks like he's only had five fights. I'm watching one of his fights now, and I already have lost track which one he is. Um, much I, He looks like he would probably be smaller, but perspective is hard because it's this terrible camera. But unfortunately, I'm going to say that doesn't really help our Josh Allen. Um, I think, let's see, Derek Carr, Wiley veteran, probably got a few more aches and pains. I think sometimes when you go in and you're Allen, you don't have quite the aches and pains. You don't you don't dig deep enough. I think I think Carr strikes me as a little more wily, um, and I think I'm going to take Carr in this one. I, with heavyweights like this, what or guys that I would think would be towards the heavier end of the mm -hmm. spectrum, uh, mm -hmm. those fights can go kind of quicker. You know, like it really is about who hits, who hits, gets the, the connects first. Um, everybody's brain is about the same size, and it, it you, you kind of get wobbly. I think, uh, you know, unless Josh Allen has some white tie or something, I think uh, obviously the, the knee kick uh, head back spin combo of Al, of Derek Carr, probably going to catch Allen off guard, um, you know. But I do think Carr will have to win clean because if it's in Buffalo, I think that they're going to give Allen every chance to get up. You know, like the, the judges are going to let him get up and they're not going to TKO Allen. Um, but I think that there's a submission. I think that Car gets him down, gets on top of him, and uh, you know slaps the 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 sharpshooter because um, I don't know any actual MMA holds uh, on him, and Allen has to tap. So I'm going to say the the Bills lose this one. Okay, all right, that's a it's a split decision so far. As they would say, uh -huh. in the and I am the third judge, and I will say that this one goes to Josh Allen. I like Frank's. 
thoughts about the Wiley veteran, Derek Carr. That is why I picked this is because that was a little bit of a old versus young. I mean, Carr is not like, you know, like Tom Brady old where it's like not really fair, though. I think, right. I, think I would kind of enjoy seeing Josh Trump. Allen. I mean, <laughs> he Did is so flexible. I don't know how you'd get him in an arm bar because his arms would just bend, right? Yeah, he right. You would just you, you couldn't you couldn't submit him. You couldn't couldn't do him because he, he just his, his you just his head would just rotate and you just see him and he'd be just looking at you and then he'd flip out of it or something. Um, it'd be a, it'd be a weird thing. He's almost like a Street Fighter villain at this point, Tom Brady. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, I think Allen's as as Paul said, I think. He's been around long enough to this point where he can handle himself, and I think that that extra two inches on the reach, the 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 size, I think I think I think it's gonna be I think it's just gonna be enough for him to get his hands on Carr at a far enough distance to where he can start moving him around the ring a little bit. And I think that's I think Carr is gonna be on the defense the whole time. I don't think he's gonna be able to get inside of him, and I think Allen just kind of he wears him down a little bit, and then eventually he kind of gets on top of him, and then he just he kind of you know gets him into you know I don't know a, a, a headlock or whatever it would be a next submission I don't know what it's called. Um, I'm not a big MMA fan, in case that's not compatible. I've I've never watched MMA more than 20 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there it is. Uh, so in my opinion, the only opinion that matters, Bills go three and zero in these uh, weeks two through four. And we will return now to week one of the Jets game, where we'll we'll have a little kind of excursion, I guess, uh, so a little bit of scenarios. So I'd say let's start first with this being, uh, as everyone remembers, uh, when we do wacky schedule, we usually do one normal game. And that'll be the joke is that's that's kind of a normal game. So let's do what is your prediction right now of week one, assuming everything goes best case scenario with um, the virus and, you know, kind of bigger protest, social issues, whatever. And let's all hope that it does, in fact, go best case. And we'll come back to obviously that later. But, you know, under the theory that there is a best case scenario and that there's no real impact to training camp to the health of the players to, um, you know, yeah, there's probably under a best case scenario, you're not going to have, um, you know, for, you know, 75,000 people at the jet stadium for this game, but maybe there's 35 or 40,000 um, kind of fairly rowdy jets fans to where it's, it, it kind of is a version of an NFL game. Um, let's, let's hear what, what the guys would have to say with this kind of, best case scenario version of the Bills Jets game. And we'll start with Frank uh, for this one. Yeah, I, I still like, I mean, if we're talking realistic best scenario, I still can't think fans are available for week one. Um, okay. Probably I just, fair. I, I can't. I mean, the, the, certainly the way that, now look, weirdly, if, if there was going to be an area of the country prepared for it, it is the tri-state New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. And so if there was a place that was going to be like, you know, We've we've dealt with this seriously and we have got our numbers down. Um, I encourage all of our listeners to, you know, just Google uh, U.S. by state coronavirus and Google will give you a nice little uh, graph and it will show that like they're the only places in the country that look normal um, or the way that the curve is supposed to look. And then there's all sorts of other places that don't. But I'm going to go into the assumption that there won't be uh, fans other than I would think that. My guess is there you could probably get to accommodations for certain people who already are in the stadium to be there. I I know this is not a wrestling podcast, but 
wrestling has gone from no fans to having fans up with plexiglass. They're not really fans. They're, they're other wrestlers who watch the wrestling and kind of cheer along to create a noise sound. And they're all standing apart behind plexiglass. Do some, do some players, families, the families of the staff. Right. You know, families of players, families of staff, maybe really rich people who can afford the boxes, that kind of stuff. Like, I think, you know, there's going to be, um, cause I think the other thing that's true is like, there are just some people who aren't really going to be ready to compromise again in September and October, and there's going to be money to be made. And so I think that we're going to have some amount of fans, but I don't think it's going to be any level of fandom that is going to affect play at all. I think it is going to be basically a, a silent stadium with a, a token smattering of people. Um, I think that, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think about what other concerns you would have on the field. I think the Bills are better than the Jets. So that's good. Um, I think the Bills will win a football game, you know, to the extent that this isn't wacky scheduled, but it's football. I think that the Bills are better with or without fans, so long as the field is 100 yards long and the end zones are the same size. Um, you know, I, 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 think, I think the Bills can absolutely, you know, not just beat the, the Jets, but kind of kick the shit out of them. Um, I suppose there's some room for the idea that Sam Darnold maybe had a bad year last year and could step up this year. But I don't know. Like, what about Adam Gase and the Jets gives you any any pause that they could be good this year at all? Like, ah, nothing really. Right, look at the um, Jamal Adams news this week. You got your all pro safety and he wants to be traded just because he doesn't like how you treat him in negotiations. Yeah, no, like they 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 were a tire fire last year and I, I don't really see them being any better this year. And and so in that regard, I think it's a. I think it's a Bills victory, um, but I still wonder, like, you know, I think the interesting thing with the game is what's it going to look like on television and radio? Like, are you going to have sideline reporters? I would I would think maybe with masks and stuff. I don't know. Um, but you could you could do that. Um, I don't know. Is that is if I answered your question sufficiently so yeah, far? No, that's, take, that's okay, good enough. That's good enough for us. I think. Yeah. I think obviously people are seeing where I'm going by saying best case scenario. Yeah. Um, right. And then I'll, I'll briefly say I did watch a little bit. They put more games on free to air here in England, okay. of the Premier League. And so I watched a little bit of Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace last night on BBC Two without the um, they 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 showed it on the main feed with the uh, crowd, the fake crowd noise. So that was a thing. Um, the you know it was two nothing and the game was pretty much over for most of the last 20 minutes that I watched or half an hour that I watched. Um, there wasn't a lot of chances or anything. Um, but then I did switch over to the just the commentators version and honestly like mm-hmm. it didn't it wasn't terribly noticeable. Like after yeah like y- you could hear when you switched it you're like oh wow that yeah it's you can hear everything you can hear all the players yell at each other and the coaches mm-hmm. and you can hear a mic drop but it's like um, or a pin drop but. Um, it's not like the, it's not like terrible where it'd be like, this is really, I don't want to watch this or anything. It's still, still 90% there now with football. It's a little different. Cause like, obviously there's a little bit more, you know, it's, it's part of the game in soccer. Sure. But it's, it's in football. There are some kind of more definitive crowd effects with, you know, third downs and things like that. Um, and the, the, the swings of momentum can sometimes be a little more drastic, but, um, you might add to the excitement. And obviously I didn't care about who won Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace. But um, anyway, the the uh, it was interesting. Anyway, I will go over to Paul for his prediction in a in a best case scenario. Uh, yeah. 
those I'll, I'll, games. I'll keep to the the best one, even though I'm with Frank, and I think I don't think it's going to be a best case uh, scenario. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the week one game was actually at Buffalo and not it it in New Jersey. But someone can definitely fact check me on that okay. one. I think either way, I, I well the Jets made improvements. I still think organizationally, as as Frank was was pointing out, they're kind of a, a a disaster. I don't think Sam Darnold is a bad quarterback, but I think the Jets would find a way to waste him uh, to not right. develop his potential and to you know oh, they boy. spend a Sorry. Um, they spent a billion dollars on that offensive line practically, but they got mediocre players. It's just like, oh, the Bills signed, you know, Derek Dockery and Langston Walker to big contracts doesn't make them good players just because you spent a lot of money on them. And I think that's a, a problem. I think this if this game is in Buffalo week one, high expectations, a Bills team that has a lot of continuity. And sometimes that can be a dirty word, but continuity is good when you're coming off a 10 and six season with a lot of players entering your prime. And the players that you've added include Stefan Diggs, a, a premier wide receiver in this league. You're going to have development from hopefully a lot of these young guys on the defensive side of the ball. You get, you know, Mario Addison, you get some, some veterans you've added to, to help out. And I think they're just in a best case scenario, this game at, at new era field, 80,000, whatever it is, 73,000 screaming fans. Uh, I, I I think this is a Bills win in a best-case scenario. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's a Bills it's a Bills win if everything's kind of going, uh, going to plan. And I think there's no real, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, unless Sam Darnold suddenly turns into Joe Montana or something, it doesn't really, it's not really clear to me, like, what the Jets kind of uh, theory of victory would be here. I mean, obviously, like having Le'Veon Bell is he's a good player, um, but it's not really anything uh, critical um, that that the Jets are going to do, I think, to to really upset the Bills here, um, who have obviously got the Bills themselves have gotten stronger in the offseason. So let's sketch out briefly a worst case scenario. Um, let's say that instead of your standard four week training camp, I'm going to say that they're not going to start the season on time unless they can get at least two weeks in. I think that's the minimum training camp that needs to happen. So let's say it's two weeks of training camp. Uh, let's say uh, there's no real preseason to speak of. Uh, maybe there's like a intra, maybe there's like a, a scrimmage um, that both sides get kind of um, once full up before the season starts about a week out, let's say. You know, maybe it's two and a half weeks of preseason, let's say, and then uh, or two and a half weeks of training camp and, and one one kind of scrimmage. And then you get let's say that at least some players are and coaches, for that matter, are quarantined. And I will pick at random. I will try and pick people who are of relative kind of approximate importance. So I will say like, uh, I don't know, like Josh Doxon, who's the. Uh, I think the Jets' second-round wide receiver pick, I think he'll probably be in the rotation. So let's say he's out, and let's say, let's say, like, yeah, let's say, uh, we'll say Adams is in, but we'll say, like, C.J. Mosley is out. So he's probably their best defender. And let's say, let's say Tremaine Edmonds is out for the Bills, and let's say... John Brown's out for the for the uh, for the Bills as well. 
So <laughs> both teams missing two starters. And then, uh, again, again, only having about two weeks of training camp. Do you feel like, how does, how does the game change? And do you feel like it changes the outcome of that week one game? And we'll, we'll go back to Frank to start, I think. Just to I, think I, feel gro- I think I feel grosser watching the game. Like, like as a person, I just feel less happy to be watching football if, like, we're playing under those conditions. And okay. I think that – but I think that ultimately, short of a disproportionate um, quarantine for one team or the other, either talent or number, I think that it plays out the same either way. I think it affects everybody the same, right? So I think you could you – could, one could strain. I don't mean to do this. Maybe maybe Paul wants to do this, but one could strain and say, "Well, the Bills have been together less, and like our Diggs and Allen getting to be on the same page because they didn't really get to play." You could go through all of that. I think that that like good teams are going to be good teams and bad teams are going to be bad teams, and I think that the you know whatever else is going to happen, it, it, you could make it a tighter game. It could be make it a more of a coin flip game just because everybody's a little off. But I think from a prediction standpoint. I can't really justify saying, you know, it's different now because I think if it's sort of equal, then I think it, I think it kind of stays the same. If you were like, okay, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are out on one side and, you know, these two special teamers on the Jets are out on the other side. Yeah. Then maybe we're talking, you know, that I would be have to start leaning towards the Jets. But um, for, as it stands, I think that I'm just sort of, in that case, I'm sort of thinking, uh, first of all, I'm thinking, Christ, should we even be playing this game? Uh, <laughs> and second of all, I'm thinking, if, well, at least the, the Bills are probably going to win. That's where I land. Yeah. And again, I, I like to be uh, to disagree a lot because it adds for a spicy podcast. But it's, it's tough to really disagree with what Frank's saying with the injuries that Scott has presented and with them being what I would consider balanced injuries in terms of who's out for both squads. Uh, I still think the bills are a better team and would win. I, you know, you talked about the wrestling scenario too, with the no crowd. I think about, uh, you know, we won't talk about the racial injustice thing this week, just because of time. But when there was, there were riots in Baltimore a few years back, they played a few baseball games in Baltimore with no fans. And Mm -hmm. you have to look at that all things being equal sort of scenario as Frank said, a good football team is a good football team and a bad football team is a bad football team. I do think the Jets, I don't think they're terrible. They won seven games last year, I think, and Darnold missed, what, three or four of them mm-hmm. uh, with Mono. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were total crap. They beat the Bills backups in the last week of the season, which is is something. But I think the Bills have made more improvements. You put them in this worst case scenario. And again, with that huge assumption that we're going to go with the injuries Scott's presented, the COVID-related injuries Scott's presented versus the Bills are out, um, Allen and Devin Singletary and Mitch Morse and on defense are out, Edmonds and Micah High, whatever, then then I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to say the Bills win, win in the worst case scenario as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, and I think that's the, uh, I think in some ways that's the concerning thing, because yeah, I, I agree. And I think the, I think that's what the NFL is probably thinking is that even if some of these, teams and players start getting sick or having to take time because you know maybe their family's sick or they're whatever there's there's issues whatever i think there's just so much money and i think what they'll say is well the competitiveness of the game kind of remains even if you know even if a player or two or whatever and i'm sure that's how it'll start um and obviously it'll go from there and i think um 
you know, I, I think it's, I think they will continue to put the, the pedal to the metal until someone stops them, until the governor or a state says, no, we're just not going to, you can't even, we're, these these industries of this size cannot go any further. And it's it's not, it's going to go pretty quick. And for those of you guys who don't, and I know you guys don't quite follow college as closely as I do, but the teams that are starting to report for college football, there's already, I mean, there's, I think they said there's at least more than a dozen Clemson players who have showed up and gotten tested and gotten positives. None of them have, like, they've said that none of them have really had symptoms. Like, they've all been kind of, like, asymptomatic or very mild symptoms. At least five or six on LSU have gotten, have showed up and and been sick. Um, and it's just kind of like, it's going to, I mean, you have 130 people on those college teams. And just at this point in the population of the United States, there's a 1% chance that pretty much anyone you talk to has the virus. Mm. Um, and so if you have 130 people coming together, then yeah, that's, that's going to happen and, uh, it's going to continue to happen and it's going to be, um, you know, again, the, 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 the danger rates are obviously much different for, you know, healthy adults, but you mm -hmm. never really know. And it's just kind of a, it's certainly a, it's certainly a risk calculus thing, which we've talked about on the podcast before, but anyway, any, any final thoughts before we uh, close for the evening, gentlemen, uh, Paul. No, I think yeah, if you, everyone stay stay safe. Uh, no matter where you are, no matter what part of the world, make sure to pay attention to all the relevant issues in your area. Uh, and just you know, stay alert. Stay, stay alert. Crazy. Exercise yeah. caution. All of those things. And hopefully, we at least find ourselves in a middle case scenario with the NFL season in you know two and a half months. Frank? Yeah, my um. Yeah, I'm I'm in the great state of Indiana here, which treats things a little differently than Virginia and. New York. Did you, did you chime in those birds or was that a natural no, thing? They, wow, that's no, crazy. these birds are here and they're beautiful. My mother-in-law takes care to, to cultivate birds here in the, in the, in the backyard. So um, you can hear them, but I will say that uh, people treat this disease differently everywhere I've been. Uh, I have seen the gamut um, having come across America two times in the last month for reasons we will not discuss on the podcast today, but it wasn't exactly my choice to do it this way. Um, but I'll say that at a minimum, if you can't, if you're not worried about yourself and you're listening to this podcast, think about things like hand washing and masks as a way to keep other people safe. Just make the simple moral choice to care about other people and do a couple of simple things as best you can to take care of them because not everybody's doing and it's frustrating and hurtful and ultimately uh, you did a great job making that and i think that's a great place to end the podcast with my daughter putting soap on a leaf so i'll just leave my my grandfather used to say steady as she goes so everybody he was a sailor for a long time i'm on the phone honey yeah steady as she goes okay all right and that will do it for tonight's podcast um your social media things that you could find us on are uh, facebook.com slash bbillsmny that's forward slash bbillsmny and uh, don't email us because no one checks the email and uh, other than that thank you for uh, listening uh, my name is Scott I'm Frank I'm Paul good night everybody alright <laughs>